0: Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I start? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm Sean Phillips, and um, this is Stuart Irwin. I'm going to be interviewing Stuart while we both draw. Um, in theory. The in theory. Way. Yeah. Okay. I'll be talking to Stuart while we both draw. And, and might i like talk to talk back you back. Back. Um, we did a similar thing in Toronto last year, but Stuart was much more prepared than me. He had a slideshow. <laughs> Done some research and I've done nothing so I'm just gonna
1: except apparently there's work to be done
0: yeah we're gonna what we're gonna do we're gonna um, both pencil a piece and then about halfway through we're gonna swap over and ink each other's drawings, and then be auctioned afterwards for the festival not today but sometime so um, if you want to ask any questions while we're drawing that's fine too because I might lose concentration on talking to you a lot and, and getting into the drawing well, if you've got any be... questions for drawing, that would be quite nice as well. You right? Anybody? Any yeah. questions? Do we have any questions for drawing? What well, we thought we'd do, well, well I thought we would draw Captain America, because he's known for drawing oh, Capture America. I and I'll draw... I'll do something. Do
1: that?
0: That's what you said. Yeah, you can say no. That, no, no, <coughs> no. I thought that's all. Okay, it's going to be a just Stuart would draw something. <laughs> <to do that? laughs> and I'll draw uh, the... Well, if he's doing hands so, out, he should have given his leg. No way, I'm not, I'm not, no.
1: It's really hard to draw a ring anyway,
0: without everybody watching me. So, no. um, I'll be drawing Batman probably, or, or something like that. I'll think about it, so. Um, so. Um, It'll be hard to field questions if we're both looking
1: down on them. So, either people have to shout them out, or, or let us yeah, know that yeah, they have Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry to put your hand up, if you want to. see just, yeah, just shout out. Um, So I, su- I suppose you've all come to see Stuart rather than me, so we'll just talk about him. Um, you all know his work. He's a very versatile, accomplished artist. He can draw anything you like um, in a variety of styles. While everyone's watching. Um, yeah, and, um, he's drawn stuff like uh, Superman and uh, Star Wars now, and Captain America, and X-Men, and Avengers, and... Stuff that isn't superheroes too, he does his own stuff with his wife Catherine. Um, what's that one he's still called? Russian, Russian... Olive to Red King. Pardon? Russian Olive, Red King. Russian Olive to Red King. Russian Olive to Red King. It's a really beautiful book, you should all go and by that. I'm sure that um, page forty five in the clock tower has got loads of copies of that.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, and our publisher is here as well. In uh, the
0: so yeah, Stuart's very good that he can do arty stuff and superhero <laughs> stuff. And and he can change his style up to suit projects one thing we have in common we have, we have quite a lot of stuff in common in the way we approach how we do comics is that um, for both of us the story comes first and whatever the story is we adjust to, make, to tell that story well mm-hmm. think? yeah so you know uh, at the moment I'm drawing a lot of crime stuff so my stuff's quite dark and lots of shadows and things and back when I was drawing Bunty and things like that in the 80s it was all open young girl ballerina type of stories and you do the same thing where you adapt to Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
1: if it's uh, humorous or comedic or cartoony, then it will be uh, drawn in one style, uh, which allows uh, certain things to happen that, that wouldn't look right in a more serious superhero book. But uh, and I can sort of swing in the middle of the road and and blend uh, uh, an open line European style with traditional superhero look. Um, but I've also done some, some books that are very photorealistic um, and rely heavily on, on uh, real-world uh, real reference, as you do as well. So we're both sort of at a disadvantage. So when, right you, do now, the photo- when do you do the
0: photo minutes stuff, you shoot the you yeah, photo of the figures Yeah, well,
1: photo- uh, photo- photo. it started pre-digital, which was laborious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, really awkward to... to have a setup up and, and not know exactly what you were getting on film. Yeah. Uh, and then wait for the, uh, the reproductions to, to come back yeah. and then integrate them into the, into the story. But now with digital cameras and phones and whatever, yeah. it's very instantaneous. And also
0: no one needs to see the photos. Yeah. When I used to shoot on
1: film, I'd go to one hour processing shop and then
0: they'd hand them over to me and I'd have to try and explain that I'm not really weird. Um, yeah. I did, um, I did an X-Men comic years ago and I went on holiday and I had to work while I'm away because I always take work on holiday because that's what we do. Um, and I was, I, had a, I was drawing a scene with a night caller, so I'd take those first myself in a leather jacket and just underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had them all on a lot of Palm Pilot. This is, this is years ago before iPads sort or of phones and stuff. Palm Pilot. And it got stolen so someone's got that out there <laughs> and it wasn't locked to anything you couldn't lock your machine so no one could get into it so if anyone's got those please don't show anybody um, but yeah, it's much easier now so, do you shoot over for yourself? if you're drawing?
1: Yeah, no, I play all the characters yeah. men, women yeah. tall, short yeah. really, it really doesn't matter it gets more difficult when you've got two characters or more interacting with each other mm-hmm. I've got to move really quickly. <laughs> or uh, get <laughs> Captain to participate. Or the dog.
0: Yeah, but. yeah. I am say, my wife absolutely hates being a photographer. It's got to be something that I can't possibly do without two people touching. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like when my kids were little, they were always in stuff. I did a show at Hellblazer like 20 years ago, and there's a bit in there with this little boy who's about five and he gets possessed by a demon. So that's my son model for that. So I had to tie him to the bed and explain to him that he's possessed. <laughs> Even though he obviously went straight over his head. <laughs> yeah. I wish, always wish I'd learned to drawing set. It would be so much easier than... And I hate. Yes. I hate shooting the photograph. I'd rather do anything. I'd rather do the housework or, you know, put up some shelves or something, anything, than sit down, or stand up and take those quotes and stuff. It's really awful. But it's a crutch. Or but a tool, Yes. Rather. And because I do quite mean-world stuff, you need it for that. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Should we start drawing then? No? Yeah, okay. This is
1: boring. It just happens, right? You know, we just start up. Well, usually I just go out in the day and my
0: assistant does it for me. Okay. I'm just signing <laughs> it at the end. Have, have to have that yeah. We sort of up there. Let's know if we can't, if we're it's not like the way.
1: Is it going to involve a leather jacket and underwear? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm I'm <laughs> I don't know what do you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What I said I would try. Oh, oh, okay.
0: We'll see. If i we get, to get my to the mind, yeah. To yeah. half a yeah. yeah. lot to tell what's going on. The camera's looking alright. Can we try and get them a bit closer? off? <laughs> can we flip forward a little bit and yeah. tilt it? Then it's not as much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put <laughs> Ford first, and then <laughs> Stuart, when you
0: say you have photo uh, reference to hand, like now you're doing um, Star Wars. Do you
1: kind of have a, a, a
0: cast pictures?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, there's There's a lot there's a lot of documentation. So not only in, in uh, printed form, but uh, online, people are always coming up with, uh, it, it seems like an end supply of, of uh, behind-the-scenes photos of the, of the cast, um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I'm also studying uh, screen captures sort of individual stills from the film. Um, Do you so get stuff
0: supplied by Disney, but... Uh, apparently together. there's an
1: archive that, that is available to us, but um, only <coughs> by request, so you have to know well ahead of time yeah. and, and work on their schedule, so it might not be available for a week or more. Um, and I don't, I haven't yet had that uh, leisure to... Uh, I, I basically decide what I'm going to draw on the morning of, of the day I'm going to draw yeah. Um, so you don't draw
0: the initial sequence and you, you choose a page. I do.
1: It. I learned that lesson uh, from Mike Carlin on Superman books years ago. and um, But that was when the Superman books were, were structured in such a way that, that uh, the four or five different titles featuring the character were all interlinked. Yeah. So one came out one week after the other. So the whole month had uh, uh, every week full of uh, Superman stories. So it was required not only that uh, the writer and the inker and the colorist and so on that I worked with directly knew what I was up to, but uh, all the creative teams on the other four or five titles also knew. So it was much easier for everybody to work <coughs> starting on page one and ending on yeah. page twenty or twenty-two.
0: So when you're doing stuff like that, if there's any new stuff that needs to be designed, is it just whoever's that first takes in priority? first and yes.
1: Uh Whoever's issue that character or you know environment or setting or whatever would uh, take place in first would have priority, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the rest of the people would follow. But if, if something was, uh, if, if such and such character would, would appear, in the following week's issue it would be a priority to design that character front and back. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, make that available before the actual drawing would even start. (coughs) Oh, that's
0: terrible. There's plenty of paper.
1: So you know my methods before I even write. to not only the tools that you're used to working with, but the, the situation, your studio and, and having, you know, your your books that you refer to and all the, the materials that you're used to, yeah. it, it becomes yeah. much more difficult to, yeah. not only to yes. be drawing in, in a public situation, but uh, anywhere you're not used to, to doing it. Yeah, I think
0: so. I mean, um, I, do, I draw my stuff digitally now, so even I haven't picked up a pencil for a year, probably. Mm-hmm. So it is quite hard, but... Um, well, I that's put, a good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Once you see me pick up a pen, and that's even worse. Um, but, so I draw on a Cintiq, and I thought it by myself, which is in my studio, punch into my computer, and it sits there all the time. So I thought it would be quite nice to have a, a portable Cintiq so I could go and lay on the sofa and draw. Um, and I did try that one day. It wasn't drawing comics, I was doing the DVD cover. And um, I was having a window fit fit in my studio, so I couldn't be in there that day anyway. But laying on the sofa trying to draw is really the way to do it. You know, you can get anything done. There was, you know, well, there's a TV there, for starters. There's, you know, you can see daylight, so you think, oh, God, I wish I was outside where I was sitting and drawing. Um, So I think you do need your, I mean, the studio I've got now is taken, I've been in that house nearly 10 years, and it's taken me 10 years to get it. Just how I want it. Almost. I like having all my stuff around me, all my books. Yes. Um, original art on the walls, of, you know, to inspire me and, and stuff like that. It, it's all part of the process That's a terrible drawing, sorry. In the good old days, um, people do quite loose pencils in American comics. And then hopefully you get a really how the linker comes in and saves it. So that's why I wanted to draw, I'm just sorry that's curious. <clears throat> Nowadays, people tend to pencil extremely tightly, and everything—every mark that's made
1: in pencil was just reproduced.
0: Do you find that you work out absolutely your pencils are pretty tight it? Uh,
1: well, I think so. There's still uh, moments where it could have been uh, more explicit, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty controlling generally. I don't know if that's going to be the case today. I think I may rely on <laughs> your skill to improve things. Should you prefer if you ink yourself or uh, I you almost use. never inked myself. Um yeah, but you except for projects that I've done yeah. with Catherine. Yeah. Um, just because uh, more personal and uh, and I think more idiosyncratic as a result. So um, um, and it's obviously less expensive to uh, to not hire somebody else to uh, participate in the story mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it doesn't sell pressure to your
0: stuff that you don't want you don't want someone else come along
1: uh, well I have just sort of got used to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, from almost the beginning in the early nineties when I first started working for for D C and then for Marvel, um, it was just part of the way of doing things. In order to get a, a book out every month, yeah. um, that's what I got used to. Now you were working I to go
0: around the same time, but you were I always doing so. your yeah. own stuff. Yeah, that's because I started off doing UK comics where, even before the up, and I was doing the girls comics, everybody, you did the whole thing yourself, you didn't have any, there wasn't the division of labour like there are in the American comics. So I just got used to that, and <coughs> it's very hard to up that control, I find. I don't, what I have had is it, before, it's always been someone extremely overpowering. I've had Bill Sienkiewicz and Kent Williams, and before. And I really want to work with them because... Well, I love their work, but I thought they'd make me look totally different how, to how I'd do it. I want, I want to be surprised when I see the change I don't want... Because if they try to mimic what i do, I'd only be disappointed. Because it's, it won't look like me. I, Whereas I don't want it to look like me, really, if I've got something like that. I had an
1: opportunity to work with Kevin Nolan and, uh, on a on a pinup for DC, and I was really hoping for that sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, and to my disappointment, he decided to, to ink it straight, so uh, almost identical to, uh, to how I pencil it. And, uh, and I never did speak to him about it, uh, but I asked the editor the uh, question, why that was, and, uh, and he said, Kevin said, there was nothing wrong with it. So <laughs> <laughs> we did the same thing on, the, uh, we've
0: on the aliens, but they Years ago, yes, it? yes, I think. It was Mike started, was quite um, disappointed coming back looking like you had done it because he um, didn't really change anything. because so I'm hoping for someone to come along and make him look better. Stuart, so yeah, you're you different. Tell your you're telling your pencil and your style according to the uh, story that you're telling, very yes. much. Yes. I and mean, you know, that a lot. Of business, but do you
1: find yourself telling your pencils to suit Zeninka? Do the inkers have that effect on you or do you? Um, for the most part, uh, when I'm inked by someone else, it's always the same person. Uh, for the last 15, 20 years, it's always been Wade on out there. so um, I sort of know what to expect, uh, and he knows what to expect, although when I do decide to change styles, I, I feel obligated to warn him beforehand, <laughs> um, and he doesn't always catch on uh, right away. Obviously. We're two different people. We live in two different countries. Um, we're in different time zones. Any excuse, but um, uh, he. Uh, it, uh, do, you, do you collaborate or Is it now a uh, you know like a silent Um, Well, we could converse, but uh, there really usually isn't much to say. I, I have uh, the utmost faith in, in his ability to to do what he does much better than I could. Um, so I, uh, I'm perfectly happy to let him make the, any changes that are required. Um, they, they're his promise, so I, I don't try to step on his toes unless you know he inks a mouth closed when I thought it was open, or eyes closed when I thought they were open, or you know tries to make it a scene night time instead of the day you never read
0: any little details yourself before he gets his hand no although I,
1: I understand that that's pretty common among yeah. people, um, especially on, on uh, you know close up big panel of a uh, close up on a face for instance I think people take uh, more of a, a careful approach uh, with yeah. something like that um, <coughs> but, but again it's a it's it's a matter of trust and it's also a matter of uh, time um, that's available to me. You guys always hired, I mean, you've worked on different publishers, like you say, for uh, mm-hmm. all together, for all the fun. So, do you come as an automatic team and how does that work? So approaches um, you, you but not. That's the way it's worked out so far. Um, you know, obviously, we don't approach any individual company as a team. Um, but, uh, but if I get hired for a position, I, I mean generally the hiring takes place in the same order as the credits appear on the, on the story. Yeah. So the writer will come up with a concept and, and work that out with the editor and they'll decide who's going to be the artist or who they want to ask. And after, if I'm asked, I'll ask for a just because uh, it's a known quantity and, and I know that he can work with me well. So. Um, but, you know, we don't come necessarily as a package deal. Obviously, uh, I am doing uh, some work uh, beyond Marvel and DC, and, and I'll take more control over that sort of thing. When I worked with Bill Sankiewicz,
0: we did a Black Widow miniseries together, and he was in, he was attached before I was. Because um, I think they wanted someone, well, they wanted someone really quick, because it was running late already. Um, and he was working on a film as well, so he didn't get in his spare time. So. I think one is someone who um, wasn't really that precious about how it turned out. No, I didn't. I didn't want him to look like me. And, you know, I was. I, I didn't. Fit, it wasn't any sort of slight having him first mm-hmm. in the team. Stuart, when it comes to laying
1: out your books, do you go sequentially page to page, or do you go for specific
0: panels to say, the book um, Whereas, do you, you usually start
1: uh, well the, the scripts that are uh, handed in now are uh, are fairly detailed they're more like <coughs> movie scripts where uh, apart from <coughs> breaking down in panel still the, the writer will decide this is a four panel page or a six panel page um, they'll also give a brief description over as to what happens in each panel and um and they'll provide full dialogue, so I have all the information I need um, to proceed. Um, Be doing any direction saying close up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens, and, and but I always ask up front how proprietary uh, the writer feels about it, and uh, whether I'm free to add panels or subtract panels or to change things up. And so far, everybody's said do what you like. And uh, do you start with page one? And or do you actually go through, go through the script and yeah. go, oh, I would want to i it? No, know. I'll always, I'll, once I actually start to pencil, I'll, I'll start with the first page and, and proceed sequentially. But um, when I'm at the thumbnail stage, just doing the, the layouts, um, it's the same thing. Um, I'll just breeze through. And my thumbnails are extremely loose and small, they're really just note taking for, for the work to come because I. Uh, much like this, <laughs> I prefer to uh, to start uh, directly on the page and to uh, and to make all the decisions as I proceed, rather than plan things out in thumbnails and then uh, larger layouts and maybe light box that or trace it somehow uh, yeah, on the I don't do, do any. No,
0: no, me neither. I don't do any um, character designs or anything before I start on the page. I need to know what they're doing before I can decide how they're going to look. So the first time I draw them would be the, the first time they appear in the comic. But, again, I don't do many jobs where I've got a design an out as a costume or anything. Mostly they're, they're either wearing a suit or they're wearing jeans. Depends on the, on the period this, the story's set. I know that um, Duncan Grado finds it really um, difficult to draw superhero stuff. Which is why he doesn't do much on it. I mean, his, his go-to costume for any character is a check shirt and jeans back of and trainers, you know, because it's easy to draw. Does that explain the zombies for you? The, Marvel zombies? Um, that, I just did that for the money. <laughs> yeah. um, I did it because I, no, I, I had no work, and it, was, it came along at the right time, and I was looking for something to do, and we had no idea it was going to be successful. Nice. I mean, it's still going now. There's still Marvel zombies books now. I still get a little bit of money every six months from Marvel for them. They're in print. Someone's got their hand over there, they're filming us on, oh, no, no, sorry. A um, a doing. So is there much difference to working on something like Star Wars, where you've got another layer of um, improvements to go through, or there isn't there such a thing? Huh? That,
1: that is the main difference. Um, you know, the, the real benefit that uh, I enjoy in, in comics is mostly being left alone to do the work as I see fit. Um, uh, you know, but people like to, people who don't know like to dismiss the corporate structure of Marvel and say that there's, uh, you know, a lot of control over how these characters are, are uh, depicted, but uh, I have almost never redrawn anything except under my own decision um, working at Marvel, if you see. But, no, so, I don't know. No, no, no. And that is mostly uh, the case still working uh, with uh, Lucasfilm and Disney, but uh, mostly what's happening to me is that they have a sort of a star chamber <laughs> somewhere, uh, an overseeing committee that uh, is tying together, not only in comics, but all their novels and yeah. kids' books yeah. and picture books and, and uh, video games and so on and uh, and trying to integrate them more tightly with the story of the film. Um, and also once it gets to you all those problems should be solved with the
0: writer anyway, shouldn't they? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. how did that work with um uh spoiler
1: alert with the any additional characters that have just been introduced to the canon? Uh, was well that something that you, you can't that do, was about meeting. <laughs> yeah, the the writer would sort of spearhead that um, introduced the, the idea of a new character. And so the, the difficult work of, of proposing such a thing is already taken care of. Um, by the time it gets to me, um, it's uh, the, so you, the you, awkward you, part is mostly done. Do you get to design these characters, or is it done um, elsewhere? Well, in, in, I'm trying to think. In one case, the character was designed, was designed by John Cassidy, who, who preceded me on the series. Um, so that was already taken care of. And in the other case, it was just a big monster. So, it <laughs> <that way. laughs> so the rules were a little more relaxed. I have no idea what you're going to do with Just anything. absolutely. <laughs> I'm just going you know, to
0: quietly sit in my back and just look up that before I touch it. It's a long time since I've drawn a superhero. I I always find it's very difficult to um, feel like you're not faking it drawing superheroes because it's it's an American thing. Do you find that today is is, is
1: removed from it or do you find that it's... I know what you mean, but uh, the situation is much different because the... The comic industry, as a as a reader, when I was young, mostly consisted, or, or almost entirely consisted, of American comics, um, and they would be all different genres. They, would have, you know, funny animals and, and uh, Archie comics and uh, Harvey books like Richie Rich and Casper the Ghost and so on. So, uh, but all of those were American creations. So that those are the stories that I know, and those are the ones that I uh, grew up with. Um, So they feel like my stories. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I grew up reading just almost totally just Marvel
0: stuff. Right. So it still doesn't feel like I should be allowed (laughs) (laughs) to do that stuff. Uh, I know what
1: you mean, but I don't
0: feel. I never let it stop me. You know, I just feel like. mm.
1: But did you you didn't feel yeah. that way working on the Vertigo material, I assume. I mean there was um, there were so many uh, British people working yeah. on those yeah. stories. Yeah. In the first vertical set well, pre Vertigo was hell before,
0: before vertigo existed. And everyone up until then had been British on it. Mm. Um, and that always seemed like that's how it should be. And actually the issue before me, an American drew it, I can't remember who it was. But um, it was set in London and they you just got everything wrong. You know, the policemen were wearing, like, Victorian policemen bobby outfits. It was bobby. All the buildings were, like, Tudor. Um, they did a bit where the tube went to Peckham, whereas the tube doesn't go to Peckham in London. Um, and that really bugged me, because I found that. but that's not, that's not difficult to find that stuff now. Even before the internet, it was still quite easy to research this yeah. stuff. Um, you know, just, I just seemed quite lazy to it. They didn't, no one cared enough to, to right. try and get it right. But it always, uh, most of the I idea was new stuff, so there wasn't anything to follow. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, they wanted a British sensibility on it. Yes. There wasn't many people that um, did, were known for doing superheroes that went off to do Vertigo stuff. It, didn't, it wasn't that much of a crossover until Vertigo started getting a bit more superhero itself, um, when like, someone like Phil Hernandez went drawing draw Invisibles, mm-hmm. which sort of turned into a super team book anyway. I mean, it took me years to get offered any superhero work.
1: Um, (coughs) So did you feel like you were being uh, pigeonholed into one type of...? Yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, I I didn't mind
0: that. I mean, I didn't necessarily want to go and draw any superheroes, I just didn't think I'd be very good at it. Um, So I was was quite happy doing the stuff I did. And I only got to do it because Archie Goodwin, who was the the best editor of anybody ever been in comics, was over in the UK and I stood behind him in, in a breakfast queue in a hotel and he, we got talking. And he said, Oh, you ever want to you know, draw Batman, just let me know. So, and I was in the middle of um, drawing hmm, I don't know, something for like a, a big project, anyway. And I managed to get it put back a few months and just rang him up and said, Right, I'm ready, you know, um, give me some Batman to do. And he did, you know, because he, he, you know, he, he meant what he said. But, so I never actually went looking for it. If, it, right. if he
1: hadn't been there, I'd, I'd probably still
0: wouldn't have drawn some of those stuff.
1: So often in this business, because it's not, um, there aren't very many people (coughs) in it. uh, The population of creators is quite small. It really depends on personal relationships. A lot of the opportunities that you get or don't get, as it were. Stuart, what's the favorite of your mainstream work that you
0: you've Oh,
1: well. I, I think the typical answer is like trying to choose between your children. Um, there are different things that I like for different reasons. Um, uh, once I uh, you know I, I sort of felt uh, pigeonhole myself uh, heading into the at the end of the 1990s and I really wanted to do some different things um, and after I did a book called Superman Secret Identity with Kurt Busiek, it was really... Uh, reference head um, and I uh, I enjoyed the book, but it was so uh, labor intensive that I really didn't want to do anything like it at all again and soon. Um, so I uh, took the opportunity to I did I wasn't on contract for the first time in a long time, I took the opportunity to try my hand at some some different looking work, and I, I really opened up the the style. Um, made it less reputational more cartoony. Um, I started uh, doing some of the ultimate books for Marvel in that way um, and I did that for a few years and uh, that again started to, to feel like uh, you know that I explored that to the extent that, uh, that I could and I, I didn't really know where else I could go drawing that way but there, there didn't seem to be uh, too many other opportunities uh, uh, available for either working that style or, or having me decide to do something different. Um, and then uh, an editor named Nick Lowe uh, called me up and, and told me that uh, Warren Allison had done uh, the first four issues of Next Wave on spec. So it had been paid for them. He hadn't gotten it approved. Uh, at Marvel, just done for his own amusement, um, and hoped, I suppose, that uh, that it would, uh, you know, find an audience and, and be published. And then um, Nick asked me if I wanted to do that, and it was really a, it was really a breath of fresh air. I, I uh, you know, I, I've been, I felt like i had been drawing superheroes for ages, and I, and I guess I had at that point um, at least fifteen. Years. And this is a way to, you know, keep getting the, the kind of paycheck I, I was enjoying at Marvel, but to a different kind of story altogether. So really those two projects um, in the mainstream sort of represent, um, you know, two completely different ways of working and two completely different styles of story. Um, but uh, and it didn't happen that far apart for me, but that was sort of a, a period where I felt like I was free to choose uh, different styles uh, as they most suited the story and I hadn't sort of become calcified and fixed into one way of working. So next way
0: and see It's quite rare to get an editor who wants you to try something different. You know, they, they want to know what you're going to get, they don't want any nasty surprises so you tend to get offered stuff similar to what you've just done. Um, yeah, it's easy to get stuck doing a certain type of thing. <coughs> Should we say another couple of minutes, Stuart, and then we'll stop early? Oh, I'm I'm not nearly there, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. hand it over. <laughs> At least a couple of minutes. Okay. So, Stuart, how much uh, input did you
1: get to the new book character in Star Wars? Um. Uh, I'm I'm sort of really relying on uh, on Jason Aaron to uh, to deal with uh, all the, the, the detailing I'm um, dealing with with this film. Um, I have decided to take a back seat and uh, I'm I'm just enjoying sort of being along for the ride. You've got your invite to the premiere yet? Uh, no, but I did actually make a request <laughs> and said if there are tickets available, uh, I'm very interested. And then when that request was ignored, in a longer email, I made sure to make it again. But no one said anything. You got any insight then into the? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But, but, it's you know, one it's of those. You know. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I really don't know. Um, and in fact, uh, I, I mentioned this this uh, story group at Lucasfilm that oversees um, the all the comics that that Marvel's doing, as well as uh, the the other media that Lucasfilm's involved in. And uh, and they're uh, they're trying to integrate these things. Uh, each other and, and also with the uh, uh, the films, and they're telling us that we, occasionally, that we need to make uh, certain changes in our story that don't seem to make much difference as to the way that, that things unfold that way, uh, one way or the other, but um, they have larger repercussions in this other um, So, me, uh, and, and we're not being told what they are.
0: Do you know how long you would be on the Star Wars book? Um, Do you usually know when well, you start project How long? Yeah, you
1: it's a it's that's a tricky question right now. Um, I've done five issues of so I've done one story arc, Um and then the uh, the Star Wars book and the Darth Vader book are uh, crossing over, and Mike Baddo is doing the art on um, on both, I believe, and. Um, and then uh, we're in negotiations, uh, talking about when I can, I can return after this this break. Um, they're happy with the work, and I'm happy doing the work, so uh, I expect that it won't be too long before So do you mind when
0: you get moved along to something new, is it something um change, usually?
1: So far, I've, I've sort of enjoyed uh, having that decision be mine. Um, if, uh, you know, with the... The scheduling is not working out, um, or for whatever other reason, um, I'm uh, I'm pretty much in control of my own destiny, and that's the way yeah. I like it. Um, I'm a, I'm on a contract with Marvel, so they're obligated to find something that I'm going to enjoy doing, <laughs> and they're better off uh, having me be happy um, rather than not. Do you see? Sorry. Say. you say that you usually ask for you to do earrings. Mm-hmm. Is it the same with uh, Justin for course? Uh No, I mean, uh, <coughs> a fellow uh, named uh, Marte Gracia has been uh, inking, or rather, coloring my work for the last number of years. Um, first on a, a digital story uh, featuring Nova, and then on uh, All New X Men and, and Captain America after that. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> Okay. As Don's like to do. Okay. Double switch. Are we going to leave the page here and you and I switch, or <laughs> no, no, you you go to your <coughs> tens <laughs>
0: <See.
1: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, and stop. Double switch. we are.
0: Um. And. Okay. So obviously I'm at a disadvantage because Stuart is used to having someone else in here. And I, no. I never into anybody else. No. You don't either. You don't Have you, you ever met anybody else? No, never. Okay, we're both going to be really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be brilliant. Yeah. One or the other. And, but you know, again, <coughs> you know, you're not working with the set of tools that you're used to. Neither. No, no. That's our excuse. It should be fine. Um, I hadn't buy some pens, because so I used all my pens up this morning sketching in the museum. So. <laughs> I had to just go down the art shop and get what they had, so we'll see. So, you've got no set, when you do your own stuff a lot, so do you do have a set way of doing stuff?
1: Um, um, do no do way, see. Do
0: you use one tool first and then another one, or do you sort of chop and change all the way through? It's been different every
1: time. Um, on the uh, book, moving Pictures, that Catherine and I did, uh, it was all. It was all done half normal size, so uh, I guess that's about six by ten or something. Yeah. Um, Is that
0: bigger than printed size, or? Uh,
1: size? That it's still bigger than the printed size, uh, and the intention was that it would be it would be a very discreet object, something that you can hide away, mm-hmm. um, like a journal, and. Um, the, the drawing style that I chose for that was um, was very spare so um, the, uh, the, the tools required were, were pretty simple I, and I think basically I, I had the uh, equivalent of the tools with me today they were, they were just uh, markers and, and uh, basic sketching tools. Again it, it sort of had that immediacy um, where, where this would be kind of a humble object. Um, and then the, the, uh, the book that we just did this year, uh, Russian to Ray King, that was uh, uh, that was penciled traditionally, huh, analog. Mm-hmm. It was pencil and paper, but uh, the, uh, the actual pencils were quite loose. Um, uh, because I wanted, uh, the, one of the problems that I had with moving pictures was that um, when the book was all done, it was all done in sort of spare time. So I'd be working on a marble project during the weekdays, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, or maybe just Sunday, I was working on moving pictures. So uh, and I had done it in a completely different style than I had chosen for the marble work, uh, but the. Part of the decision to work in that style was that it would be easier for me to sort of pick it up after having worked in a more conventional superhero way uh, during the week. But it really didn't work out that way, and I was very unhappy with with the results um, once I saw it all together. And it took a long time to produce as well. Um, So when it got close to being time to to do uh, this, to prepare the story for publication, I decided that I would really have to go over every page and, and look at it because the way that I've been doing it had, had separated the, the action drawing one page from another by a, by amount of time as well as uh, space. And when those pages get uh, put next to each other, uh, it's a different experience. So I really wanted. Um, uh, the book to have more consistency
0: so when um, you're working on a, a Marvel monthly book do you change do you discuss lots off or do you Is the first go the one that oh she's print
1: you're yeah. <laughs> you
0: haven't got a lot of time to read your page if
1: you don't like. yeah no well, I mean I, I, Catherine will vouch for the amount of hair pulling and, and teeth gnashing that goes on in the studio um, uh, so there are certain days where it, you know it just doesn't start out right and and I can't live with uh, thinking that the results are are going to be published. So there there are uh, there there are a lot of there's a lot of self editing that goes along. Yeah. And and, um, and uh, Russian Red king. I was just telling Brian Hitch that it was drawn drawn entirely on the backs of self rejected pages for Marvel. <laughs> so uh, and, and that books. Uh, you know, over <laughs> 150 pages. So there's a lot of self-editing that goes on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to keep it to a minimum and I try to work through the problems. Um, I also have to consider that, uh, that somebody else is going to be inking over it. So, you know, there are only so many times you can erase on a page, uh, before it's just not usable and there's no way of getting around
0: this. I mean, you said you went, you go from loose thumbnails to the final art. If you had more preparatory stages, you would work out some of the problems before you got too far? Um, I I guess it's it's possible, but
1: I've sort of enjoyed having this, um, um, this kind of energetic quality to the work um, that I haven't been able to reproduce when I have done more complete uh, preparatory work. Um, It just, you know, I, I really like the spontaneity that I'm able to get when uh, when I'm sort of working things out as I go. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I'm not sure if that's the same with you, but I think oh yeah, so when I don't do, I mean, I never pencil like that ever um, that tight because yeah, um, you know, if I'm drawing, if I know I'm not going to make it myself, yeah. you know, the head is usually just an oval with a couple of um, you know crosshairs and guidelines to show me where the eyes go. And everything else is done in the ink. Um, I have got the advantage of the fact that I've got some photograph in front of me that I'm drawing, I'm looking at while I draw but even when I haven't got do any photograph, I don't know if you, Marvel Zombies say that wasn't, there wasn't much photograph in that but that was still as loose in the in the pencil stage because I want to do it because I draw in the ink rather than ink drawing mm-hmm. and it's always been like that. I think that's because like I said before um, that's the way it's always been in British comics where you, you do the whole thing and, Depends on something really tight and then just go over the top of it again and it just seems like a total waste of time. Um, for the same person to do both jobs, I mean, you know, if it's two people, that's fine. But um, cause you just lose something, you, you know. And also there's something in a, it's always disappointing because there's something that a pencil line can do that a ink line can never do. Yes. No matter how adept you might be with a, with a pen or a brush, there's something about this, the softness of a pencil um, that just gives it so much more bounce and life that ink just kills it when it's used to kill black and white. Even if you did it in pencil and then it was manip- manipulated in Photoshop to pump the contrast up and all that stuff, it still hasn't got the, the no, warmth of the pencil drawing. But people do that. That
1: is a fairly common Oh yeah, way yeah, it always <laughs> looks, it doesn't look right to me. Sean, if you were offered a mm. franchise like Star
0: Wars, would you say that Um I have done some Star Wars stuff before. Dark Horse, years ago. Yeah. And that was the only time my kids thought my job was even slightly cool. There's any my kids in here today. There were some of them in here. Um, um, yeah, I did a couple of scouts, back and comic, And I did the first one. A really nice head and shoulders shot, you back. And it's the best, probably the best bit of pain I've ever done. I don't know how I did it, because I've never managed to do it again. Um, so, th- yeah, that was... But that was enough to scratch that itch. Um, I think now I've done every single character that I'd like to do for nostalgia reasons, you know, of, um, you know, um, it tends to be a, quite a, uh, a route to comics from British comics to American comics. You start off, you know, you start off doing stuff for whatever in the UK, but just read is the pinnacle of, of British comics, and then you might go to work for the Marvel or DC, and you, you work your way up to the really big characters that your mum and dad have heard of, and once you've done that, there's nowhere else to go, really, so... I mean, the last one I did that was on, the last one I did was Conan, which I did just a little story with him in about I don't know, three or four years ago. And I'd been asked a couple of years before that to do one, 125-page um, painted Conan book, and I was like, "Well, there's no point. It's never ever going to be as good as John Buscema drew it or Frazetta drew it or you know 100 other people that did it." So I, thought, so I just said no all the time. And also, 125 painted pages is going to save me a year, and there was no time. So in the end they sort talk, of talked me around and they started doing an anthology comic of different Robert E. Howard characters in one comic. Um, I think it was Robert E. Howard's Savage Sword or something like that it was called. So it was just an eight page comic story so I thought well that's, that's fine and also there's no point beating myself up about the fact that it's never going to be the best one. I'll just do the best one that I can do and see how it turns out. So that, that was the last one on, on my list really. And it, so that's why I mostly do my own stuff now. I mean, once my own stuff stops selling, then I'll be begging Marvel <laughs> to let me come back and do something else. And I sort of like doing it. I mean, I like doing convention sketches where I get to draw Batman or something because it's, it's a nice change. Um, but uh, I've, done, I've done all now, I think. The Conan story was quite nice in the fact that um, I was asked if I could do, I could work with anybody I want. Or I could write it myself. But I don't really write my own stuff. And um, I did it with um, a friend of mine that I've known since I was about seven. And when we were kids, we used to make comics starring ourselves or do film parodies or book parodies, whatever, so we do... And we started we start when, just when, just before Star Wars came out, we started to the first one, so we did the story with us as the Star Wars characters, and then we did loads more. And then he went off and got a proper job, and I carried on doing this, and um, whenever the opportunities come along for me to do this little project where I can write it myself or choose whoever, I usually choose my friend Peter. And he's a massive, massive Conan fan, he knows absolutely everything about it, so... He was the perfect one to do it. But I did have criteria where I said, right, I've just been drawing, um, I've probably done like a year's worth of criminal or something like that, I think, at the time. So cars and buildings and modern stuff, guns, which I really hate drawing. And I said, right, well, I wanted a kind of story. It'd be great, for, but it's either got to be in the desert or jungle or snow. I don't want to draw any buildings. No horses, because they're the hardest thing to draw. And um, a giant snake. So he wrote me a story where it's in the snow and there's a giant snake and there's no horses in the it was perfect. It was just enough of it to make it, you know, make it doable. And um, I painted it because I thought, um, you know, it's, it's totally different to the way I usually work. But it took absolutely, I think it probably took me a year to do nine pages on top of other stuff. But, you know, that should have taken me a lot, lot, lot less than that. Mm-hmm. And we did another story for, another, for Dark Horse Presents about this sort of um, female adventurer set in the 30s in South America. And that one took... That was only eight pages again, but I, it was paint, well it was drawn in black and white and then hand-coloured with in coloured inks, mm-hmm. which I've never really done since my first started doing comics mm-hmm. 30 years ago. Um, but then you've got to be absolutely pristine, you can't use white out. If you make a mistake, this, this stays, because everything's transparent, you can't go over it without paint and stuff like that. And that took me two years to do eight pages. So yeah, not bloody already.
1: Like, so your, your colour work is never yeah. digital?
0: Um, sometimes it depends what the job. I like. There was a time about ten years ago where I did a lot of small projects, mm-hmm. an issue here or a ten page there, or quite a lot of stop a dark horse because I could get to my new technique. So uh, I could do a, I a comic in charcoal or oil paint, or um, you know when digital stuff started coming in, and I'd do one purely in Photoshop. But it's always nice to try it out on a little project like that rather than yeah. start it on page one about two hundred page epic and you know you <laughs> made a really bad decision. Uh, I'm going to stop talking for a bit and concentrate on drawing some hair now. You might cover up the drawing the time. God, this is... This is really daunting, this is. The worst inking job I've ever had. I said I was going to stop talking, but obviously I'm not really going <laughs> to um, I've got a master in... Um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, who's probably like the best superhero <laughs> no, i there is. No, thanks to him. But he could draw anything. He's stuck with absolutely rock solid, it makes it look absolutely effortless. and um, he'd been drawing a JLA story and Klaus Janssen was inking him. But Klaus had taken um, uh, an exclusive deal with Marvel, so he halfway through this project so he can finish it off. So for some reason Mike Klein, yeah, the editor sort of DC at the time, thought I'd be a perfect replacement <coughs> for Klaus he's probably, yeah, probably in the top five comic inkers of the time. So obviously the book was really late and that's why they asked me, because they knew I could turn it around enough. And that, that was the most daunting job I've ever had. But luckily, because this stuff was totally indestructible, no matter how inept my inking was, it still looked okay. So this is, this is easy compared to that. <sighs> what do you go on to after the fade out? Um, what we do don't we know yet. We've got, I've got two, an issue and a half left to draw, so I'll be finished by the end of this year well no before then end the of November probably and um, we're not exactly sure we, we, we always plan to come back and do some more criminal. I'd like if I live long enough I'd like to do you know, 20 different criminal books maybe, which was another 10 years of drawing so it might not happen but um, the, 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 we've got an idea for one of those so that might be next but it depends I've always wanted to do a romance comic because I really love the romance books that Alex Toth did in the 50s and all those really cheesy Marvel ones that came out in the 60s, with John Emeterio and, and John Cosimo and people like that. And just to do, and um, Stranko did one, which was um, really, really beautiful, influential stuff. He's one of, the, you know, the the, uh, the best comic artists. He's done, he's got such a really small body of work. he's probably only drawn 200 pages in his whole career. But every single one of them has influenced another hundred cartoonists. Mm-hmm. So there's always stuff in his in his, in his, in his particular romance story. It was just so nice to have interesting storytelling um, solutions that I'd, I'd like to have a go. So, I mean, it'll probably be just like all the other stuff I do with Ed, but slightly more romantic, with no, with no killing, hopefully. Um, so it might be that, or we've got an idea for a sci-fi book, but <coughs> Image has done a lot of science fiction books this year, so there's no point coming out when they're, they're all there, because we all just get lost, so we don't know yet. We'll, we'll decide, probably just before Christmas, what we're doing next, but... It's looking most likely it's going to be a criminal book. We're in the middle of developing criminals and TV show, so if that looks like that actually might happen, which we should know within the next three or four months, it'd be sensible to have a new criminal book out. Right, so yeah. you'll see. So if there is a new criminal book, you know that's why there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no TV show going. We've had, we've had about five years of trying to get a movie off the ground, which sort of is out. Um, so we're not on up that really. I've got no massive ambition for any of my stuff to get on TV or film. The only good thing about it, because I, I assume whatever they do will be terrible, and the only good thing about it, we might sell another 100,000 books so we can carry on making comics. That's, that's what I want to do. I've got no interest in going to be you know, a storyboard artist on a movie or concept designer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Have you, do you ever want to do any of that sort of stuff, Stuart?
1: Uh, or do you just like not, doing comics? No, not really since starting in comics. and I, I sort of started in comics purely by by uh, convenience or, or accident depending on how you look at it it was uh, uh, I, I I went to university for a fine arts degree and I lasted one year and then dropped out and uh, I really didn't know what the degree was going to be good for I thought initially that I would be a teacher um, and with that in mind I, I wanted to learn a lot of different disciplines um, you know I wanted to do sculpture I wanted to paint I wanted to draw Mm -hmm. but it wasn't that kind of school and they they really wanted to they didn't want to uh, graduate teachers they wanted to graduate artists, which is fair um so they they really wanted to concentrate on on uh, one discipline and that that really wasn't what I wanted to do I wanted to play around with things um so I left school and and, then but at the time there were um comics being created and published and distributed and sold. In Toronto where I was living and with Catherine, and so we, we self-published our own book, you know, because it seemed like a possible thing to do, that, that this is a way that people that could live their out of lives. Um, and maybe even make money at it. Um, the latter part didn't turn out to be true, at least for for the kind of work that we were doing. So um, Kind continued with school and uh, started doing portfolio work for for other companies rather than uh, you know, self-publishing and the, the truly independent stuff that, that we were doing. Um, but because I was 18 years old, um, I, I've done all kinds of different jobs—you um, know, industrial jobs and restaurant jobs and, and so on—working. Um, through high school, but uh, but once I started working in comics, uh, even for very little pay in the beginning, it was a full time occupation. And because I didn't have a university degree and I didn't have experience in any other kind of job, I just kept doing comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, it was you know it's enjoyable work, uh, and like I said earlier, it's a, it was work that I was fully in control of. I got to. Choose the kinds of stories. After a while, I got to choose the kinds of stories that I wanted to do, and I got to choose my own hours. Um, there's certainly a lot uh, that's left up to the individual, but you have to be of a mindset to you know be willing to put in the hours um, and, and wear a lot of different hats. Um, at the same time, like I say, I, I I never really I haven't known anything else, so I haven't really had ambitions yeah. to to try yeah. the thing. Well, I'm the I mean, I started
0: professionally when I was 15. So I was still at sort of school, and I've worked through art college as well, so I've never... I had a paper round when I was 13 or 14, that's the only thing I've ever had, yeah. anything like a real job.
1: Mm.
0: But, you know, comics spoils you for anything else, because, you know, have, I'd, I'd hate a job where you had to be nice to people. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> or you talk it. to anybody. I just talk to, yeah. Or even, you know, get dressed. LAUGHTER <laughs> Talking about that underwear incident. <laughs> Yeah. So we've done an hour now. If anybody wants to go, they're welcome to, but I think we're going to be drawing a little while longer. What do you think uh, so, Yeah, I see. Mm, 20, at
1: least 15, 20 minutes.
0: Okay. We won't be offended you if you want- you <laughs> you've got something else you need to be at. No? Good. <laughs> Well, yeah, I read that. And, you know, <laughs> Julie, the organiser, says, Oh no, that's a mistake. <laughs> Thank God for that. I haven't going to talk for a whole hour and a half. I don't think that will be a problem. <laughs> well, you know, I sit in my room at home <laughs> drawing all the time, not doing them anyway, so I save it all up for the weekends <laughs> like this. That's really interesting stuff to ink because it's loose, but I think I can sort of tell what you want. Yes. Well, um,
1: I would say the same thing is happening over
0: here. The other inking job that I did, around about the time I did the García López one, I inked mm-hmm. another um, JLA story with um, Rick Leonardo, Leonardo um, and his stuff is, um, it's not tight in the way that I just traced the lines, but all the information was there, I knew exactly. Like because when I was inking García López, I wasn't quite sure what he wanted, because I, when he inks his self, he inks his self in quite a lot not quite that stick superhero style with thick and thin and everything sort of modelled model really right It's quite um, more natural looking than that so I was starting to get confused about how to approach his stuff but with Leonardi stuff it just I knew exactly what he wanted but well, I think I did because I never spoke to him since before you know, I've never heard back that he liked it or hated it um, but in my head I thought this is, this is exactly what he, what he means I found that one quite interesting and isn't personal doing this I think it's probably because I've seen so much of your work Stuart That
1: what I gave you is much much looser than I I mean, yeah, what I can, it's normally
0: your pencil stock before but do you find you can take your cuts and leave start to to then? because he's done it so much already
1: sometimes I do and sometimes it works and sometimes I do and sometimes I, I'm unsatisfied and, and I end up being not as <coughs> satisfied with what he chose, but with myself, oh, just you? because I feel like I didn't provide the information. that Do you, was Is performing. this
0: dissatisfaction? Does that come in when you see the finished art? Do you have an opportunity to go back and fix uh, it? Well, fix yeah, stuff?
1: digital really makes that uh, yeah. available to you um, in a way that uh, that wasn't, um, you know, pre nineteen ninety three, where. You know, you could, you could work remotely. You you send all your work by a courier. Uh, you don't have to be near the Marvel offices to work for Marvel, and you don't have to be near your collaborators to, to work with them. Um, so everything's just sent all over the world now, um, mm-hmm. and even then. But um, I guess about six years ago, uh, working... I don't even remember what what book it would have been, but uh, it it just started to... It may have been actually with uh, with Next Wave, where it just so happened that everybody was looked into an email conversation uh, from the beginning. So um, the the script would would be done and it would be available to everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. And then the the pencils would start to (coughs) be completed and I would send in an email to everybody on the art team, and, as well as Warren and, and Nick the editor, and um, so that if there were notes from anybody involved, or suggestions or comments, um, then everybody had a, a, a say or the chance to say something. Yeah. About it. Um, and because of that, uh, I started doing this, and then everybody started uh, following suit. So Wade would send in a batch. Of Five or six pages of inks. Uh, when he was done, and if I saw something that deviated radically, um, or it was clearly a, a misinterpretation of, of something that I had intended, and that had an impact on the story mm-hmm. um, again, day for night, eyes closed, eyes open, that kind of thing um, then I had an opportunity to say something, and I could either give him a note and say, you know, this line needs to be changed, and, and could we make this head 10% bigger and that sort of thing. Um, which well, definitely happens. You come back to it with fresh fresh on, on. So you he's Sure, Yes. has yeah. been and he's done yeah. this I, And I hate, I hate looking at my stuff. So, uh, I do it because it's necessary and because I think it, we can improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, if the book is published, I don't know. Um, it, it happens in the world and, and yeah. that's, beyond uh, a point where I can do anything about it, so I just don't want to see it again. Uh, so while, while we have the opportunity to say something, uh, I do want to get my hand in and, and say, can we fix this? And if Wade can't do it himself for whatever reason, he can send me a full resolution file by email. Um, I'll do the touch-ups in Photoshop or, or even on, on paper and scan it and reintegrate it mm-hmm. and, uh, and then send it back. And it only takes an hour, which is just wasn't possible 10
0: years ago. Yeah. I preferred things back, say, 20 years ago, when I was drawing Hellblazer, but before things got collected. I mean, it took 20 years for my Hellblazer stuff to get collected anyway, but it was, because you'd finish an issue, it would always be a crushing disappointment. But next month, another one replaces it. And the the previous one has been forgotten then, but now everything just hangs around forever. You know, I I signed stuff all the time i was drawn 20 years ago that makes me cringe, but it's Still out there, and you, know, <laughs> so you, never, you never let it go. Well, it's always much better in your head than it is on the paper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I also know that that we tend to look at the work and, and just see the mistakes. Um, and you know, if somebody is reading the book and caught up in the story, they're not seeing all the same things um, that that we are. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Cho told me a story about being really angry that uh, a drawing he'd done um, had been uh, he'd submitted it and it was done and then it had been flopped in in production. So it was uh, right was left and left was right. And this is a, something that artists do as a as a way of correcting. Uh, things that, that aren't visible to you, after you spend a lot of time looking at a drawing, if you, if you flip it over or look at a mirror image or, or look through the back of it through a strong light, then, then you tend to see things that, that uh, pass by you uh, while you're working on it. It looks like a different drawing, so you, your eye goes to things that look like mistakes. So for him, this, was, this happened, uh, and it happened during publication, um, and and he was sort of crushed by by how because he could the see the mistakes. Yeah, but at the same time, it was exactly the same drone. Um, they hadn't changed it. They hadn't altered it, or or you know, given someone three eyes or something like that. Um, it was it was precisely the same. It's just that the, the things that he would have corrected, uh, given a chance, were were brought to him uh, more. More clearly than uh, than if he'd uh, been able to see it prior to. So we're, we're a self critical lot, I guess, is what it
0: is. Most of us. I'm sure there's some people that think their stuff is just amazing. And <laughs> do I don't
1: know if.
0: I'm not going to name any names, honestly. I find I'm, I'm inking this in a very real mishmash of different inking techniques that I used, mm-hmm. I've used in the past. Um, I've had phases where I've done quite a really, uh, scratchy stuff, and then I've changed to a brush, and there's a lot of dry brush, and well, I tend to stop one thing and then start another thing. I don't tend to mix them together, but I'm finding on this that I'm trying to mix a lot of different ways, ways of inking together just to make it look like what I think you... you
1: know, whatever that might be. In other words, you're blending.
0: No, no, I mean I'm not uh, I don't do enough of this sort of thing to have a set way of doing it.
1: Yes. But there are also obviously limitations in the in the tools at hand and uh, you know, things that you'd like a marker to do <laughs> act like a brush for instance are, are not necessarily happening. Oh well I brought a brushman with me uh, I've got no excuse. But it's um, not rushed. I know very quiet in here that when I've seen you uh, your you've you had a soundtrack in the background. Do you have any music playing when you're working, Stuart, or is it very focused, folk- um, quiet? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it changes. <coughs> Catherine and I share studios, and we have done for for years and years and years. Um, it's always sort of in different circumstances. We've lived in a lot of different uh, kinds of houses and apartments and so on. Um, but we tend to work side by side so uh, it's not I, I know that a lot of people work in, in big studios uh, with uh, you know, lots of different artists 10, 20 people uh, at the same time and I think a lot of those people end up wearing headphones uh, and get uh, closed off in their personal space that way um, but that's not a comfortable way for, for me to work so what tends to happen is that um, whoever is having the worst day gets to decide what the atmosphere of the studio is <laughs> like. Um, so if someone is struggling with work or struggling with something that isn't work and, and, uh, and they need to concentrate more, then the other person lets that drive the, the soundtrack or non-soundtrack of the day. Um, I used to work in a, in a music store before downloads. Uh, Before CDs almost, it was a record store. Um, so for many years after that, uh, I couldn't concentrate without music because it was constantly playing in that working environment and that's what I got used to. Um, but once Catherine and Iceberg uh, were working side by side, it, uh, it was it was a challenge at first for me to, to switch, but, um, um, you know, we've got thousands of songs on the, on the iPod, and, and I would say less than half of them are suitable for uh, for uh, a working environment. But uh, but sometimes uh, it'll be that, and sometimes it's internet radio, and sometimes it's satisfying just to open up the window and listen to the outside. We live in a very remote area, so... It's not a lot of urban sounds, That's very relaxing. Uh, sometimes you don't want relaxing when you're <laughs> trying to get stuff done. Uh, but uh, peace is uh, more or less the constant watch. Actually, because I don't think that much, I find that I'm kind of dancing around this drawing, doing different things, and, and using them variety, or it's not varieties, I, I have at hand, different tools, every few minutes. Just. I don't know if that's, because when I'm penciling I'm basically limited to one or possibly two, two things mm-hmm. uh, available and, and this is you know, a lot more <coughs> uh, experimental for me or whether it's because my drawing style when I'm drawing, I mean, when I was doing the Han Solo piece, I would start in one area and then explore a little bit and then leave a little bit off the end and then and switch uh, to work on the other hand or, or whatever. And I'm, I'm sort of doing that here, but doing it with the tools rather than with the physical space. Yeah, i find the same thing.
0: I mean, when I, traditionally, I, I start with a pen like this and I do the line work and then I go in with a brush pen and that's it, and then go in with some out to correct everything in the end. I don't swap and change at all, but with this, because I'm not, because I'm trying to guess what Stuart means, even <laughs> though it's very tight, and I don't want to mess it up. And also the fact that I don't want to go and put my hand through a piece of wet ink as well. Um, I'm having to move the paper out. I never usually move the paper when I'm working or, or, or swap tools over. It's just very methodical in a certain way all the time. Um, I. I'll probably usually do all the line work on a whole page first. Not even panel by panel, just a whole page and then go in with a brush and finish it off at the end. But otherwise, it, I just, it just takes too long, otherwise, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you do all your your fine details first and mm-hmm. then you yeah, emphasize better. it with a, a heavier
0: um, tool? <coughs> I tend to do it, I mean, like on this, say, I draw the, the eyes and the fingers and the outlines and stuff. Stuff that hasn't got any weight to the line,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then go in and do it with the brush. But a lot of those lines wouldn't get touched again. Okay. Because most stuff is mostly shadows. Yes. Yeah. Lots of different, you know, the brush is just for the shadows really. I've done stuff before where I've done it the other way around and done all the heavy blacks first, and then yeah. gone in and put whatever the little details I need at the end. And sometimes you find you don't need those details. Uh, everything's already there. I mean, this is not what we for me. by drawing fingernails and stuff because I never usually bother with that stuff. My stuff isn't <laughs> usually that detailed. This is, you know, this is a million times more detailed than I'd ever draw anything myself. I think most of it's because I haven't got an editor and I can do what I like. I've <laughs> got uh, no one to say, "No, you've got to do that again." And my my self censoring button or self-critical button doesn't work anymore. I think I was just too used to having a monthly deadline or before that a week of deadline where you just had to get the stuff done and forget about it and hope for the best next time.
1: But do you, so you keep... Now that you're doing almost entirely creative work with a self-imposed schedule, yeah. do you find that you are still sticking to... Um, you know regular dedicated uh, work week yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. so no. i tend to work you know nine till seven maybe something like that mm-hmm. five or six days a week mm-hmm. if there's a deadline coming I might do I might you know the last week on a monthly book I might work 80 hours that week just to make the deadline um, the deadlines aren't as strict as they are in you know drawing a monthly book I'm sure. sure we can really sort of we can you know, being a couple of weeks late and no one reading minds. there's no one to tell us, that's what, we can't do that. But uh, it's not usually because uh, I wanted to get a really good drawing out of it. It's usually because I've been waiting on script, or real life gets in the way. Uh, the, the older I get, the more I I let things take me away from the drawing. Because you know, it's, it's not that important. You know, if I want to go and, you know, do something with my kids or go somewhere, I'm, you know, that tends to come first a lot more than it used to. But when I'm working, it's yeah, proper, proper hours. It's, you know, comics takes a hell of a long time for people to do. You know. I think most weeks I'll probably work 60 hours. But, not, you know, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, If I turn the internet off or, you know, stop getting distracted so much, I could probably do it a lot shorter amount of time. I don't know if it's because I'm slowing down the old I get, or I'm just getting distracted more. But you know, back in, say, 20 years ago, I could draw a comic in three weeks, pencils, inks, and the cover. But now I'm of that. Now know, no. five or six weeks. I don't know if it's because I'll get harder stuff to draw or more things to draw or just that I'm getting lazier. Well, do you also feel
1: like you're, you're unwilling to let... Substandard work go by? Are you I'm doing going a lot up, of no, stuff? No. No. no, no, I'm no. no. <laughs> well, I mean I've got standards, obviously, but um, they're not that high. You
0: know? <laughs> it's not the It's not the bit I think is important about American comics. A the, the, the beautiful drawing, that bit doesn't interest me. I mean, if, if one happens to come out by accident, that's great. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'd rather I'd concentrate on the storytelling and, um, you know, Making it clear and easy to read. You know, I'm not going to spend ages um, trying to draw a really nice elbow. because you know, even if I could do it, even if I did spend the time, i might not able to do it. So I'd rather not find out. I like the excuse of like, oh, just did the end of time. You know, if I, if I did have the time, I found out I was really terrible. <laughs> uh, I think I can live with that. Do you see a time when you only be doing your own stuff? Um, they might become financially viable enough to do, to give up um, Marvel or DC or whatever. I'm happy to work with them. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> the, uh, the work for hire is that? I'm working. I'm working. Sorry. <laughs>
1: That's
0: my son. He's at a table in the clock tower today, it suddenly, he's seen print some prints and stuff. So I think they must have just shot I He wants to know if I'm going to his team because like, oh, I don't think he's making much money for it. Well, someone's always had an ambition to be a comic artist until he's actually started trying to do it and found out that he's, he can't be bothered really. He's, he's got too much more He's studying illustration at Manchester Uni, so he wants to be a more of a general illustrator where he can just do one drawing rather than 50. You know, I can see, where see you yeah. he might get that. Idea. that's a good idea. Kids today have no same
1: mm-hmm.
0: crowd. How easy do you find it to draw likenesses when you're doing people like Handsome? Oh, it's an extraordinary struggle. Um, do you have to sort of deconstruct it until you know. I'm not sure that I know yet, actually. Um, this is Handsome, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I'm I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm finding it challenging, but I also find that I'm, uh, I'm you know, five issues in and it, it is becoming easier. Uh, it's, it's, one of the first jobs I had in comics was doing, uh unauthorized rock and roll biographies. Hmm. Um, so, Guns N' Roses and Motorhead and Prince and all well, just about everybody you've heard of and lost that you have. Um, and, uh, so, you know, the stories weren't very good and my art wasn't very good, but uh, it was a, a worthwhile experience. Um, and it was a challenge for someone who was barely out of his team um, But I haven't really done anything like that since. Um, although at the same time, my way of working um, uses photo reference almost exclusively. I'm just not married to i to make it look like a specific person, you, uh, especially because I'm usually the one who's playing all part um, but uh, I, I, I've heard some stories about that um, the Lucasfilm team is, is very specific about uh, what they will uh, allow through and I haven't had any of the, the bad experiences a lot of my work has just sort of sailed through and I uh, I guess they like it, so that's all that really matters yeah. at this point. And the fact that I feel like I'm improving. Um, but I, uh, I really do feel like I've got a long
0: way to go. Um, when you join, uh, some of it isn't a real person. Uh, Captain America's on. You still have that consistency, haven't you've so you always got to look like that same person, even though it's not based on a real person.
1: Yes. Do you ever take
0: um, inspiration from particular actors or anything like that? Uh, yeah. No. Um,
1: mostly for fear Legal repercussions. Yeah, yeah. I, I have been made very aware of uh, you know, problems that have, that have happened because other people have done that, and then there have been you know, some incredible fortuitous uh, success stories of, of people who've taken that step, and then had uh, uh, actors or whomever yeah. really enjoy the interpretation. So it's you know it's possible, but I you know again uh, it was Mike Carlin at DC who. Said this kind of thing can't happen. You can't put Star Trek people in, you know, a superhero book or, or yeah. whatever. Um, that other artists were, were trying to slip in, and, and I understand it's kind of fun, uh, but it just seems like a very smart thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, there's sort of certain archives, I guess, that you you look to, and if you you know. And Eastwood or Christian Bale or whomever kind of represents a certain attitude yeah. or look, um, then I understand that that, that kind of thing can, can influence the work. But because I've never really tried to do very accurate likenesses um, up until Star Wars, then that, that, that hasn't really been a priority for
0: me. Yeah. When I started doing the fade out, it was all based in 40s Hollywood. We had Edward suggest actors that we might base someone on, but not enough to get sued. So um, there was one character in FedEx called Dottie, who's like the PR girl. And I was researching 1940s hairstyles, and I found a blog where some girl had shown how to style her hair in these sort of 40s styles. So I used that, and I used quite a few photographs of her. And then someone showed her. I didn't ask permission, I just took these off the internet and, and based and um, I put glasses on the character, and it didn't look just like her, but um, someone showed her, and I thought, oh God, that's it, you know, she's going she's to sue us, she's going to freak out, and she's like, oh God, it's awesome, I can't believe I'm in a comic. <laughs> so um, she, that worked out okay, but um, I don't know how she's thinking, thinking about the latest issue when I mean, we we stuff about the character in the fade out if anyone doesn't know it's a murder mystery there's a like a film star got film star that gets murdered but it's covered up and made it look like a suicide and the um, guy in it is trying to uncover the mystery who did it and I've got no idea who did it um, Ed always writes stuff um, without telling him what's going to happen um, I prefer it like that I, I don't want to know that in six months time I've got to draw something really difficult I'd rather, know, I'd rather not know until, until the time so it's been like that since we started criminal ten years ago and um, so I, I never know now, so I've got no idea who's done it. But now it's getting really near the end. I'm on the penultimate episode. I'm thinking, ah, oh, it's probably him, or it could be her. But I still got no idea. So at the moment I think it's that particular character who did. But I don't know I've got no idea if it was her or not. So um, it makes it do not it makes it easier or harder to draw it? Because I think if I knew it as a bad guy, I'd probably you know <laughs> draw an evil. A you know. <laughs> make right, I'll finish.
1: Yeah, I